0: Old Testament reading today is um, from Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 4 and 8 through 11. You can find it on page 744 of your pew Bibles The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation, and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God.
1: The New Testament reading <clears throat> comes from John 1, verses 6 through 8, and then 19 through 28. And it can be found at page 1062 in the two Bibles. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am. Not. (laughs) Are you the prophet? He answered, no Finally they said Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet I Am the voice of one calling in the wilderness make straight the way up for the Lord Now the Pharisees, who had been sent, questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, not Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany. On the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks Thanks for that very colorful reading, Tom. Um, John 1 is, well, good morning. I'm Jen, if you don't know me. Uh, I'm married to Tony, the other pastor. Um, So John 1 is a strange chapter, actually. Um, It's full of all this really beautiful theological language. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Um, Or the true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. Or the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like all these really memorable, um, beautiful kind of what does that mean kind of phrases, uh, mixed with these texts about John the Baptist that you just heard Tom read that seem very matter of fact. Um, And those people who assembled the lectionary uh, decided that this morning, we should only read about John the Baptist, and that's why our reading skipped from verses six through eight down to 19 through 28. And they left us with this very Advent appropriate passage about who who John the Baptist is, and more so about who he is not, Um, which (laughs) you heard from Tom. Um, (laughs) You know, we read this morning that John the Baptist is not the light, he is not the Messiah, he is not Elijah, and he is not the prophet. No, 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 John is none of these things. Um, And when, who is he then, his questioners ask him, And he's really clear on that, too. He says, I am a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Um, He's just a voice, he says. The text also tells us one more thing about who John is, and it's kind of related to the first thing. Uh, John is a witness. He doesn't say that explicitly, but it says it in verse 8. He himself was not the light, but he came only as a witness to the light. And similarly, in verse 15, which we skipped, John testifies, as witnesses do. Um, Actually, throughout the book of John, uh, there's like all sorts of courtroom language. Testimonies and, uh, and witnesses and judges, like all sorts of, all throughout the book of John, as if John is sort of showing us or recording the trial of the Son of God. Who is this really? Um, So we should think about those words, testify and witness, in that way. John is a witness. He is offering his testimony, Um, a humble testimony at that. Just after our passage, he will say, even I didn't recognize Jesus, but listen to what I saw. Which, of course, is exactly what a witness does. Um, They tell what they have seen, whether or not they have understood it. That's more or less uh, the summary of our passage, right? John is not the light, not the Messiah, not Elijah, nor the prophet. John is a voice and a witness. Um, so influenced by all this you know, identifying, defining language, I tried to make my own list this week, um, who I am and who I am not. I tried to get three of each, but I struggled. Um, but it is really clarifying. Uh, there is a lot of pressure to be all the things right? Um, and sometimes defining who you are not is really helpful. Um, but we also have to say who we are, uh, particularly for a group of Christians like us who do spend a lot of time going like, I'm not like that. Um, sometimes we need to turn and say, well, what, who are you then? Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of mine, and then I'm going to uh, invite you to take a little time to think through it. Um, and then I'm gonna give you some suggestions for your list um, from John the Baptist. That's my whole sermon. So um, so here's a few of mine that'll maybe prime the pump for your, uh, your thinking. And also, like I thought these were important for us as a body. So um, this was a big one for me. I am not the church. Uh, I am also not in charge of the church, even though I am a pastor. Uh, and by that I mean Sherman Street or the larger church either. I am um, not the church, and I'm not in charge of the church. Uh, as a pastor, there is a lot of pressure to do everything, to be everything, right? And that's true for deacons and elders too, that's true for our staff. I think that's true for anyone who finds themselves in a leadership position. Um, or it 's true for anyone who feels a lot of pressure to like volunteer and do all the things. Um, I met someone this week who said, uh, she said that her mom had taught her that if she had a gift, she had to like completely expend it uh, uh, for the sake of God. And she just found it exhausting because she felt like she had to just be doing stuff all the time. Um, But no one of us is the church. We collectively are the church. And that's really important to get right, and I think it's really important, like sometimes we have this struggle with, you know, elevating those who are elders or who are deacons or who are pastors, um, and then thinking those are the people who do the church stuff, and we are just here to watch, um, or to receive it. Um, It's really important for me to acknowledge that, to say to myself, I am not the church because I will burn myself out with worries and with like trying to do everything. Uh, But I say this because it's really important for you to recognize your role in the church too. Um, We're just so tempted to treat the church like it's another institution. Where the representatives of the institution do the things and everybody else sort of pays their money or whatever to be a part of it. That's just not what the church is. The church is not primarily an institution. Um, The church is a body of believers. It is a community doing life together. Now, I am a member of this community and you all have decided to pay me money so that I can give all of my attention to doing this work instead of having to give some attention elsewhere. Um, And that's true for the other members of the staff as well. But that was an act of the community, right? A decision that the community made. because of, you know, particular giftings too that Tony and I have or that the staff has. Um, But our role really is to equip all of you for ministry. Our role is to make it as you, as able to do ministry in the world as you can. Um, Yeah, so like the church has an anti-racism team and I hope to God that is not all the anti-racism that we are doing in this body. I hope that every single one of you is doing anti-racism in your lives outside this church, in your own hearts and in your communities wherever you find yourselves, and that is the church doing anti-racism. It's really good that we have a team and we need that team, and hopefully they can help equip us for that work, but the work is all of ours. Um, Similarly, like the elders and the deacons can work hard to care for people. The deacons tend to like, you know, they do a lot of benevolence work outside the church. So, uh, and the elders do the care kind of within the church. Uh, We can't do that alone, right? There's like 750 of you now. Um, But sometimes I hear, I don't know, this is kind of a hard thing and I didn't write it in here, but I'm saying it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes someone will say to me, You know, I was really hurting, and the church didn't do anything. Um, And it's very possible that that person is saying something very true, like, you know, me and Tony and I, or the elders, we made mistakes, we missed things. Like, that happens a lot. Um, And we need to be called out on that. That's really important. But often people who say that to me are also people for whom I know there's 10 or 15 people in the church who have been working hard on their behalf. And that is the church doing a thing. Even if the elders and the pastors are not involved, you all are the church. And it's really important that you own that space, that you own it so that you can receive the gift from God that is even just your friends caring for for you, and also so that you can give that gift from God to one another. Um. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I am not the church. And the other piece of that is like, if you are a leader in the church, no matter your role, no matter how many committees you're on, no matter if this is your 12th term as an elder, you individually are also not the church. So this is at the same time like a confrontation and a a relief, right? Like none of us have to bear the weight of the whole thing, we are in this thing together. Um, And it's Jesus who is the head of the thing. He's in charge. So even if the whole thing falls apart, we do what we can do, and we leave it to Jesus. All right, here's another one of mine that seemed important for my body. The rest of them are shorter. There's two more. They're short. Uh, I am not the judge and the jury. That one felt important. (laughs) Like, there are some people that I would like to decide they are not Christians. I would like to say that certainly so that I can define my faith in a way that feels good for me. Um, But I don't get to draw the lines around the right kinds of believers. I just don't get to do that. Um, I only get to rely on Jesus. I only get to receive God's grace that I got to be here. And I get to try to love whoever Jesus brings before me whoever I meet at the communion table. Um, here's another. I am not Tony or Ellen or Mother Teresa or Thomas Merton. Uh, <laughs> you can insert whatever person you tend to compare yourself to and come up wanting. Uh, you are not those people and you are not intended to be those people. You do not have the same gifts or the same callings and you should stop trying. Uh, you were intended to be you. Like it, Eric is here with the amens today. Uh, uh, Turns out the knots are like quite a relief, right? You can like chop off whole parts of things that you like feel guilty about or like worry about. Um, The I ams I found much more difficult uh, and vulnerable to say. Uh, So we're going to sail through those ones Uh, (laughs) because I feel like. I feel like I should give them since I gave them, I'm not. Um, I think honestly, I, for me particularly, uh, kind of like John the Baptist, I think I am a voice. I think that's my deal in the church. Um, which, a voice, I think that's important. The NIV says, when John the Baptist says I am the voice, or I am the voice, uh, the NIV added a little the in there. There's no definite article, there's no article. So you don't actually know if it's a voice or the voice. I think there's been lots of voices, so John the Baptist is a voice, Um, and me too, I'm a voice. Uh, I also think I'm a peacemaker, and I also think I'm a keeper and tender of the earth. I think those are my things. Um, So I want uh, the clock, the terrible clock. I'm going to give you like a minute to (laughs) to do this for yourself. Um, maybe you can talk to the person next to you, or maybe you can write. If you hate the idea of talking to the person next to you, you can say, you know what, I'm just not ready yet. I think better with a pen. That's, that's true for me. So, uh, I gave you these fr- phrases so you don't have to be scared. All right, I'm going to give you a, a couple of minutes, a minute, one minute, uh, to say to see what you can get for I am not and I am. And then I'm going to give you some suggestions for your list. Go ahead. Talking or not talking. Don't stress out, it's not a big deal. Uh, I actually have no idea if it's been a minute or not, so uh, I didn't, like, figure that out. Anyway, um, thank you all for indulging me. I appreciate it. Um, I wanted you to think about this. I hope that you uh, will take a little time to think about it a little more through the week. Um, And I'd love to hear your answers if you want to talk to me after or send me an email or whatever. Um, I have a couple of suggestions for your list from John the Baptist answers. Uh, Some of those things that we say are going to be very particular to us, and some of them are going to be a little more universal. And I think a couple of Johns are universal. Um, So I wanna talk about those a minute. Uh, First, an I am from, I always write write his name as J the B, and it's like hard for me to not think that when I say, (laughs) first, an I am from J the B. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Um, I am a witness. I think this should be on all of your lists. Um, You know, when I became a Christian, I was taught that witnessing was like, Meant taking someone through Romans Road, or like drawing that little picture with the cliffs, with the cross bridging the sides, or like cornering someone on the airplane and asking them, like, "Do you know if you're going to go to heaven?" Uh, that is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all of that. I think it's all like a real big misunderstanding of what witnessing is, and a misunderstanding of the gospel. Um, if you have questions about that, you come talk to me. Um, like John the Baptist, you are a witness to what you have seen. That's it. John came to testify about the light. He was not the light. He was a witness to the light. And you all do that too, sometimes in words and sometimes in action. But you know, and sometimes maybe we need to get the courage up for the words, because the words might be a little harder than the action. But. Um, but in the courtroom drama that is always going on around us about who is Jesus and who is God and what is this world and what are people, you are a witness that there is a light that the darkness cannot overcome. And that it has come to us in the person of Jesus. And you just have to tell what you have seen. Right, you don't have to share some weird formula about the faith or manipulate or push the gospel on anyone. Like, that is all beyond the role of a witness. John the Baptist witnessed to the light even when the light was confusing for him, right? He didn't expect the humble Messiah that he got. And he was shocked when Jesus came to him to be baptized by him, right? But he was a witness to what he saw. And whatever the outcome of that witness was beyond his control. And maybe for you, you need help Recognizing Jesus in your midst. You know, spiritual direction can be great for that. You can come talk to Tony or I, or your elder. Uh, Maybe you need to go back to prayer, because prayer helps us to recognize Jesus moving in our midst. Maybe you need the courage to speak honestly about your life, or to do some hard thing. Um, But you and John the Baptist, you're just witnesses. And we all need your witness. You even need your witness for yourself, right? Like sometimes I have to remember what I have seen. Like spend some time thinking about that. Um, I remember making a list not long ago of like where have I seen God moving in my life and the list was way longer than I expected. Sometimes you need to remember. And I need that like for my own self, right? Uh, But other people in the church also need to hear how God has been has shown up for you. Um, Testimony is often the lifeblood of our faith. And outside the church, like, it can be scary, but all you're doing is being yourself and being honest about your life. Um, Being honest about what you have seen. So maybe, like, this is a thing you can practice too, right? After the service with your friends or family, you can ask, like, what have you seen? of God in your life, or maybe you can volunteer your own answer. Um, This week I read about uh, Lema Bowie, um, who, I didn't know any of this, Uh, she led a women's movement in Liberia that ended their 14-year civil war. Um, She helped disarm the country and was actively involved in, like, after the fact, Setting up the democratic elected election and getting the first woman president elected in the country. Like, pretty amazing. On she the What was that? On the continent. On the continent. Well, thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, right? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. On more than one continent, maybe. No, uh, I know our continent is bigger than us and Canada. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Anyway, she won a Nobel Peace Prize for her, for her role in all of that. But do you want to know how it started? She had a dream, she was asleep on the floor in her office, and she had a dream that someone told her to gather the women in the church to pray for peace. And so she told someone at her church, I think there was actually like a a meeting or something the next day, and she told people there, and 20, actually someone had to help her discern, I love this, someone had to help her discern that it wasn't for other people to do that work, she was the church, right? She's part of the church, so it was her work to do. So. She shared it, she started trying to gather women to pray. 20 women started meeting every Tuesday at noon to pray. And that was the beginning of this movement that changed Liberia. But can you believe that? Because she witnessed saying, I had a dream. And then she witnessed by the way she behaved, right? Both in word and in action to what she had seen. Now with that like huge example, I hate giving huge examples because you don't have to be, do this huge thing, um, uh, but it is a nice actual transition to the next thing that should be on everyone's list I think, uh, the I am not from John the Baptist, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah, however you want to say it, I am not Jesus, I am not the Savior, I am not God, you should repeat that to yourself every day, I am not the Messiah. Um, it is not up to me or you to save the world, or even any particular person. Like I have some people on my list that I would like to save, uh, like to fix the way they are in the world, and you know what, that's not up to me. And it's very frustrating when I keep trying. You know why? Because I am not the Messiah. A preacher that I know used to say, um, It's not our job to fix or save anyone, it's our job to love them. That's who we are called to be. I am not the Messiah. Friends, your worry will not save anyone. Your frenetic activity will not save the world. Even if you do everything perfectly, even if you are extremely efficient, even if you get to the very end of your to do list and there are no more to do items ever anywhere in the universe, you are not the Messiah. So, like, yes, keep working. Do good work. Participate in the work that God is doing in the world. But maybe, like, instead of worrying all the time, pray. God actually can change things and invites us to ask. Pray and let it belong to God. You know, after Tony and I got married, um, I couldn't stop worrying that he would die. Um, And one night while he was sleeping, I laid my hand on his back and gave him back to Jesus and just accepted that he could and would die eventually, could be soon, and that would belong to Jesus. And I had to do the same with my kids. Like, I don't know why sometimes we think that worrying is like good mothering. It's not. It doesn't help your kids. Actually, it probably really irritates your kids. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't help you. Right? We do what we can do, and then it is out of our hands. It is terrifying. But we are not God. So pray try not to carry around responsibilities that you can't do anything about anyway and take a Sabbath you guys take a Sabbath (laughs) we worship a God who commands us to rest is that not the most delightful thing we worship a God who commands us to rest and part of the reason for that command is that on that day when you are sitting there doing nothing you will remember that the world goes on without you that you are not in charge, you are not God. You can rest. Um, One thing that is interesting about our passage is that um, it sort of seems to like contradict Matthew 5 when Jesus says to the disciples, you are the light of the world. Um, John 1 makes this big distinction between John the Baptist being he's not the light, uh, but he came as a witness to the light. And I think holding those two things next to each other is actually just their helpful corrective. Um, you are the light of the world like Jesus said but your light is derivative like it is only there because of Jesus the true light that gives life to all of humanity came into the world Um, so if you think that your light is gonna shine a little brighter because you spend all your time moving and fretting over how quickly things get done and you neglect prayer and attentiveness to God and the rest that God commanded, Uh, maybe you need the reminder that you are not the Messiah. Let Jesus save the world. You get to rest because it is Jesus who has saved the world. You are merely witnesses to that. You are just doing your best to live into what Jesus accomplished on the cross and in the tomb. One day, Jesus will come again to set everything right. He will do that work. In him is the life that gives light to all people. And that light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Let Jesus save the world. He has come before and he will come again. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, may we be comforted in our smallness, that you are God, that you are making all things new, that you invite us into that good work but it is your work. Lord may we know um, who we are and who we are not and may we um, live faithfully into the calling that you put on us and also um, no more than that. Lord, we lift all this to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.